Blog Talk Radio. Icon, Granny Hawkster, and Big Swing. Hello, everybody. It is Quarantine Monday once again. Uh, I've had a busy day. I think everybody's had a busy day. I mean, uh, obviously, Sports Talk Radio still has to continue, even though there's no sports going on, which makes my life just, just so pleasant. Um, so I had had that stuff uh, this morning. I've been talking pretty much all day between my show this morning, interviews this afternoon, and different things. So uh, a little little worn out on the talking end, but uh, hey, you know what, what are you gonna do? Um, we got Granny and we got the Icon here with us tonight. Otto couldn't make it uh, on this show, unfortunately, um, but uh, that's not gonna stop us from still having three great guests here tonight. Uh, as well as our first guest, Icon was telling me is is possibly bringing over some live listeners, which is which is always fun. Uh, we always love having you know the additional people listening to a show that is already amongst the top in ratings uh, on the entire site. So that's good. I uh, love that. Um, and uh, I don't know, man. I mean, uh, we, we were talking a little bit off the air uh, about all of these shutdowns and all these things all these masks and uh, all the stuff we have to wear. And I basically just wanted to, you know, wanted to say that, you know, you guys both suck. You don't have a stay at home order. Uh, You don't have to be shut into your house and you don't have a curfew after 10 p.m. at night. You cannot be on the roads like we have here at good old New York state. So big middle finger to both of both of your states for that. But other than that, guys, great to hear from you uh, during these trying times. Happy you're both healthy and safe still. And uh, and let's have a a great show. Yep. Right. So, yeah, so, yeah, we got uh, got, uh, big guests lined up. And uh, uh, on this particular show, we may go a little over because uh, our third guest uh, has, uh, we have. uh, Seems to be a bit of a trend with us lately. Yeah, well, you know, I'll tell you what, I I know that we've been getting a lot of uh, downloads, but, 
You know, the one thing we do, is, we uh, don't. I haven't. I I'll be honest. I've been and haven't looked at the stats yet. We do get a lot, or we don't. Well, we do. Uh, but oh, one good. thing that uh, someone asked me, they said, you know, when we go overtime, how come uh, we can't? Uh, we try and call in, but we can't get in. Well, after the after the time frame this goes, you there is no call-ins anymore, and we cannot yep. call out. I mean, you so, can do a four-hour show. Here's the thing: you can you can upgrade to uh, our show is 120 minutes. You can upgrade to 150 minutes or to even longer, but it's obviously, you know, it's more expensive and it gives us a lot of features also added on that we don't need or, or we probably wouldn't use. Um, so I think we just need to be a little bit more diligent about letting people know uh, Eastern time because everybody knows Eastern time because everything's based off of Eastern time. You have to call in before midnight Eastern time in order to be able to get on the air. Because once once that 11.59 and 59 seconds hits, Blog Talk Radio cuts it. We, we can still talk for another two hours if we want to. It just won't be live. So so, right. so that's yeah. the difference. Uh, I mean, we can do a four-hour show and have two hours live and two hours not. Now, I would prefer not right. to do that. It would be in the morning here, but you know what I'm saying. We could. So right, and uh, we can't. That's why we can't take calls, and we can't call out. And uh, you know, uh, big swing. You know, uh, I know sometimes. You know, he uh, we get past the midnight hour, and uh, uh, he's running. Uh, you know, he's running the show. Uh, that's one thing I don't know. Uh, I still do not know how to log into the thing. I don't know how to set up. Oh, I can. I, still I can teach you all that. Up. Well, yeah, I know. Uh, I I would definitely need someone to hold my hand. I mean, I wish I knew how to do it, you know. Uh, but I used to I used to run when I did my podcast icon. I used to run the switchboard, and I and I still ran the switchboard after I turned it over to my friend. When I had to step down from hosting it, I still ran the switchboard. I mean, that's been a long time ago, but I don't think much of it's changed since I did it. But you know, you. No, have, uh, maybe just like you, some different buttons a, or like some different uh, aesthetics. It might look a little different, but essentially I think the features are the same. But, I mean, you have right. a password you have to put in, and, you know, then you have, you know, you pulls up your your host queue and, you know, who's calling in, and you bring them on, and then mm-hmm. when they're done talking, you disconnect. I mean, it, it's pretty simple. It's it's not well, hard. I'll I give it to Blog to Talk it. Radio. Well, I'll give it to Blog Talk in this regard. It looks as as much like a real radio station board call-in system yep. as as you're going to get. Uh, I mean, of course, the one I have, uh, everything's circular here. The one I have station is everything is blocked, and I can touch the screen and just put people on that way. I don't have to deal with a mouse and all that fun stuff, but um, – you know, and obviously everything's bigger. I mean, I mean the screen. I'm, I'm using a 45 inch screen sitting in front of me with all these numbers and stuff coming on big. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's. I give it the Blog Talk. They have a very user friendly system. The only thing about Blog Talk that is uh, interesting is, is is that there's no like they. Okay, this is what we give you, and that's it. Like if you want something else, you got to pay for it. And even if it's something small, they don't give you the option to add something small. You've got to buy the whole next package hey, and get, right. you know, 50 features you're not going to use just to get one you will. So that's the one downside that uh, I have with them. But 
Other than that, what's up, Icon? I cut you off. Okay, they're, they're doing the uh, top five money in the bank moments, and number three was your favorite, Edge. I know it was. I got it on. <laughs> Good old Edge. Yeah. And does anybody, does anybody remember? Does anybody remember what happened with Edge's money in the bank? Which, which, by the way, may I remind you, was the first ever Money in the Bank winner. And, yeah, cashed it in News Revolution on uh, the company's company's, uh, whipping boy and and, and workhorse on Cena. And, uh, and yeah, and I was in attendance. Did it right there in Albany, New York, uh, 2006. It was (coughs) good times. Right. You know, and uh, anyways, so so anyway, our guest should be calling in here in about a minute. I'm gonna let everybody know who we got on tonight. Uh, okay. we have uh, Brittany Lynn, uh, she's the head model for uh, the uh, uh, don't, don't everybody get the wrong idea. Uh, she's the uh, <laughs> uh, head model for the uh, clothing uh, company Brawless. Uh, so guys, don't get your hopes up, it's not what you, it's not what you think it is. Uh, we also have um. Another uh, great uh, guest, Raven Lake. Uh, she is a referee uh, in, on the independent circuit. So we're going to talk to her about uh, putting mm. us down. And uh, we're going to have Paul Zaloom, my hero. When I was a kid, I had three heroes. I had uh, uh, Curry Puckett. I had Tony the Tiger. Uh, I had, no, I had <laughs> Beekman. I had Beekman, and I had. Um, uh, I had uh, Mr. Rogers. Well, technically four, and I had Mad Frank as well. So, well, Mr. Uh, Rogers is a little creepy to me. I, I just I got a bad vibe from Mr. Rogers. It's just too like he had that smile about him and just that that kind of howdy neighbor, like you know, hello neighbors. He was just he had that serial killer vibe to me, which I know he wasn't. Well, I, I guess everyone everyone. <laughs> And off the air, he was like the nicest guy ever. But I get a little bit of a serial killer vibe from Mr. Rogers. I'm not gonna lie. Well, well, yeah. Uh, everybody get, gets that vibe from about Aaron Rodgers, definitely. Oh yeah, yeah, Aaron <laughs> Rodgers. Yeah, I hear you. Well, you know, I'll tell you, Aaron Aaron Rodgers may not be in Green Bay anymore for very much longer. So, but anyways, um, the, I trust me. I, I don't want to talk about that. I've talked about Aaron Rodgers. I've talked about Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay and Tom Brady in Tampa and what New England's going to do all day long from Tampa until almost now, uh, because there's nothing else to talk about at Sports Talk Radio. So I'm I'm burned out with Aaron Rodgers right now. But I can We do have our first guest uh, on with us here. Um, area code matches up to what you gave me, um, and it is going to be. Le Miss CEO, as you said. So, so yeah. Um, introduce her. Go ahead. I will put her on, and you can do your thing. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle. Don't know what she's wearing, but I'm sure she's going to tell us. Ladies and gentlemen, she is I would bet the it's head Brawless. model of the Broadless Clothing Design. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the one, the only... The uh, Brittany Lynn. Hello, this is Brittany. Nice little Lynn. voice crack there at the end, Icon. That was that was uh, <laughs> that was great. 
You're listening to the Attitude Air Live with the host, the icon, the big swing, and the granny hulkster. The granny hulkster, the one and only. Yeah, the one and only. That's right. There's Uh, only one. Thanks for joining us tonight. Uh, We have uh, Brittany Lynn as our guest here. We have um, probably about uh, 30 minutes uh, with Brittany, give or take. Uh, here's what we'll do. Uh, we'll have you give us a little background about yourself, and then I'll kind of ask a few questions, and we'll kind of go around the room, and then we'll come back to me, and I'll ask the hard-hitting questions. So, oh, uh, yeah. Those are fun. Tell us a little bit about yourself. All right, then. Um, I, so I actually started modeling probably about four years ago. Um, I got into it by doing a boudoir. A shoot for my ex-husband it was an anniversary gift and to be honest I got so hooked because I actually was diagnosed with Crohn's disease and it actually kind of affected the way I looked at myself but when I had the chance to be all dolled up and in front of the camera I was able to embrace a different side of myself and um, after seeing the images I I couldn't explain what it did to me. I just felt like I needed to share that with everybody. I wanted other women to feel the exact same way I felt because I know a lot of us women are hard on ourselves. And so it was just kind of like I kind of just dived in it from there, and I was able to inspire so many people. And the last year I've really pushed my modeling career and have really started Um, working with a lot more brands and a lot more companies and really trying to make more of a name for myself. So um, I'm loving where I'm going so far and I've really enjoyed working with Brawlist too. That's been a, that's been an adventure itself as well. (laughs) Uh, Brittany Lynn is our guest here. We got about, uh, well, we got about uh, 31 minutes exactly. Uh, now, I don't know if you want to uh, touch on this real quick for our fans that don't know. We do have a scientist coming on the show later on, but if you could, uh, if you would, uh, tell us a little bit about what uh, Crohn's disease is and what it affects, and then we can uh, talk about uh, your modeling. So Crohn's disease, um, I'm still learning a lot about it, but it's an autoimmune disease. I'm actually more affected in my small intestine area, so it. I'm not able to really, well, it affects me where I can't gain weight. Um, I'm not able to uh, digest certain things. I'm very fatigued. Um, just, it just it really controls your daily living to a point. And um, I try not to let that control me too much because I also have four kids, and I'm quite busy with them. So, um mm. I really just try to take it easy and take it day by day, and um, it's it's a messy thing, and they really don't have a cure for it. There's different treatments you can do, but um, I've had really bad results with doing the treatment, so I kind of, um, I have my medical marijuana card, so I actually treat myself that way, and I've had nice. better luck handling it that way than doing the actual medical um, injections that they want to give me that I've, I've done prior, so... Um, now, I know it helps Crohn's disease. Well, I was wondering was Crohn's that? disease. I know, I know, like with type one diabetes, for example, a lot of people have to be born with it. They get it as kids, or they develop it super young. Um, but then I know type two, you can get later on in life, and yada yada yada. It's not quite as severe, and all this other stuff. But there are certain mm-hmm. things, dietary habits, and 
you know, genetics or whatever that caused it. With Crohn's, did they give you a particular reason as to what they thought the cause of it was? Was it a dietary thing, a lifestyle habit thing? I mean, like, well, what did they say they, they thought was, was the reason? They actually didn't have a reason. Um, I, that, oh, wow. I let them know that I had been having issues since I was a child, to be honest. This wasn't something they mm-hmm. – I'd constantly seen doctors numerous of times, and nobody was able to give me the diagnosis until I actually went to the emergency room um, when I was about 22, I was in so much severe pain that I actually had to get two different opinions there because the first time they just wanted to release me, and I was like, no, we need to see. And then a nurse actually came in, and she's like, you have all of the signs and symptoms to Crohn's disease. And I let them know, and they tested me, and I ended up testing positive, and they, they couldn't really specify how or when I got it. But um, after hearing about my family history, we found out my mom has ulcer colitis. So we think it could mm. be possibly genetic. Mm. Yeah, see, I wasn't sure. See, it's always interesting to me um, to know if these kind of things are genetic because I know, like I said, sometimes diabetes, they say runs in the family or heart disease runs in the family or whatever it is. So these gastrointestinal things, I'm wondering if that's the same kind of thing or if anybody can get Crohn's or, or if it's a diet, because I mean, I'll be honest, I eat like crap. If it's a dietary <laughs> thing or, or what it is, just, just I to really try to think it, anybody can really be up for it. It's kind of like they don't really have yeah. an understanding fully on it, which is very unfortunate right now. Well, you know, um, you know, going, uh, I actually have a very good friend that I know that I've known for the past eight years that I uh, that went to wrestling for a cause. Him and his, he's a single dad, and his daughter and and his dad. And he actually has Crohn's disease, so I can certainly understand what this young lady is going through and has gone through because my good friend, um, when his Crohn's disease acted up this last time, he had to go in the hospital, and he was in the hospital for almost five months, and he had to have mm-hmm. a couple of different very extensive surgeries on his small intestine, and he developed some sort of really bad bacterial infection, and they had to do, like, several. I mean, he was in the hospital for almost five months before he finally got uh, to come home. And, yeah, so Crohn's is no joke. Know, no, it's, it's not. It's, not, a it's, joke. Not. it's nothing to mess with, for sure. And so that's, well, um, well you're, you're currently tuning in to... Uh, Dr. Icon's house call, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. Oh my God. <laughs> All right, uh, we got uh, we got uh, Brittany in here. We got 24 minutes here with Brittany. So now, uh, the one thing I'm I'm going to ask you a couple questions, then we'll kind of go around the room here. Now, uh, okay. I actually first heard about you, uh, and this is how big of a fan I am uh, through uh, your uh, modeling with Brawless. Can you tell us how? Uh, uh, that got started, and what exactly that uh, fashion designer is, or not fashion designer, uh, clothing line is. Okay, so Brawless is, I actually got introduced to Brawless because I had a, I seen a whole bunch of my girlfriends supporting their line, and I actually loved the clothing line and what it represented. It really has a good motto to it. It's um, very uplifting, and um, like I said, the, the brand was kick-ass to begin with. So um, I got the owner actually reached out to me and uh, asked, he seen me in one of the images that one of my photographers 
took of us, and he loved it, and um, he asked me to, you know, see if I wanted to join the program, so I did, and um, I pretty much kind of got hooked from there. I loved how all of us girls work together, The, like I said, the clothes, the line, everything for the brand. It really has a good excuse me, representation for it, and um, yeah, I'm just I'm excited to see how far it grows too because it's really it's really grown so far already. With uh, being with that uh, clothing line, uh, have you uh, have you been in any uh, of their catalogs or any uh, newsprint ads? And if you have, what was your reaction when you first saw yourself in like a like a newsprint ad or a, a, like an uh, an ad like that or on the internet wearing one of their items? I actually was um, put in, I had one of my pictures promoted on the site, so you're able to buy some of the clothing, and um, I seen that, and I was I was very proud of how far I've come, and the fact that I was able to be able to sponsor that up there and show, be able to show other people you can be normal and still be able to do awesome things like that. Uh, Brittany Lynn is our guest. Uh, you know, she's talking about. Uh, uh, the strength of woman and uh, how she uh, now how she models herself and, and making women strong. Uh, I'm going to introduce you uh, our strong woman of the uh, of our show, uh, Granny Holster. Oh, thank you. Uh, she uh, she definitely uh, she definitely raises up. We're, we're like her kids, uh, and sometimes we need to be punished. We understand that, but. Oh, Icon, don't lie to this young lady. I'm only 57 <laughs> years old. I'm not that old of a granny, okay? And I'm not even really a granny. I have no grandchildren except adopted grandchildren and my son's dog. So, you <laughs> know, he's my grand dog. So, but Wait, you, know, anyway. you, you consider the dog a grandchild? He's my grand dog, yes. Oh, oh, okay. and, and, he, and he loves me. He, he, loves, oh. he loves his grandma because... When when I you go over there to my son's you. apartment, he no. Well, that's what my now you've been talking to my son and my husband, haven't you, Big Sling? But needless to say, <laughs> we're not going to go there right now. So because they said I spoil him, I, they said I've got him brainwashed, anyways. But that being said, so what kind of clothing do you model for Brawlers? I mean, and what's your favorite type of clothing you have modeled for them? Um, well, currently they have, they actually have, we've just, we're actually coming out with so much more, but, um, currently I've, my favorite thing I've modeled for them was, is probably the, the crop top and the bikini that I've received. Those are probably some of my favorite things. Um, they actually have a line of, um, we're coming out with lingerie, we have purses, we have shoes, we have shirts, we have balls, or not balls, excuse me, <laughs> we have, um, oh goodness, what was it, they just sent me an email on it, well, I don't know if I can release that one, I'm probably going to have to wait before I show that one, but we have oh, that's fine, that's shoes. fine, yeah, that's we don't, fine, yeah, we, don't want with trouble. we love you too much for that. We're sharing some bikinis. We we literally are coming out with a little bit of everything that you can have your hands on. But awesome. it's going to be very versatile for everybody. But it's still going to represent the brand. That's a, that's amazing. That's amazing. Now, do you get to keep the stuff that you model? And if you do, uh, how many closets do you have? <laughs> um. 
actually, what I received from Braless, yes, I do get to keep everything that I received from them. So um, I have actually, I'll be honest, I have a suitcase full right now, but it's going to build up. But if I really was to tell you with all my lingerie, my bikinis, just all of my modeling wear that I have, um, I have a, I have like probably about three closets full technically, and my garage is full of probably about eight to nine big 13-gallon bags full of just items I have worn. Because to be honest, I only wear one one outfit, and then I'm done with it. I only like to shoot in one outfit, take the pictures I need to promote it. I don't like wearing the same thing over again because I just – I don't feel like that – with me personally, I like to have different. I like to give my audience – different content to look at, different, um, just a variety of variations. Uh, Britain is, I guess we've got about 18 minutes. We'll go to Big Swing in a second. So, you know, you mentioned that, uh, you know, you, you only wear this the, the outfit once, and then you uh, put it into a bag. Uh, kind of reminds me of, um, what's his name from uh, Superman 3? He uh, never, he said, I never wear the same pair of socks twice. You know, they launder them, they donate them, and I don't know what they do with him. And uh, Richard Pryor said, well, maybe they turn him into socks, you know? So maybe. Did you, did you ever think of, like, doing, like, a Brittany Lynn charity, like, as worn by Brittany Lynn, and then uh, do, like, a, maybe, like, a coronavirus uh, fighting thing, uh, donating outfits that hmm. you've worn? I actually haven't. A lot of times my girlfriends will just come over and they'll rummage my stuff. <laughs> And they'll take what they want, but no, that is a really good idea. I think I think I'll actually look into that. Yeah, you know, you mentioned your your girlfriend's bringing your stuff. I, I I now know why you won't invite me over. I got that. Uh, we have, <laughs> Brittany Lynn is our guest here. We got seventeen minutes. Uh, Big Swing, what do you got for our guest, Brittany Lynn? Well, there's two things. One, not only do I work in sports radio during the day, but I also own an entertainment company up here, um, Mind Over Matter Entertainment. We do a lot of, I have hip-hop artists signed to the label. I have, you know, different merchandise stuff. So I might have to send you a little something because we do a lot of merchandise for, we're getting into women's clothing now, but we do a lot of um, stuff for, you know, at Mind Over Matter, we do a lot of charity stuff, a lot of stuff that we send to mental health places or to you know, therapy places or to, you know, uh, lower impoverished communities. Like, cause you know, mind over matter is one of those, mm-hmm. um, one of those, those slogans and phrases and we we're getting tank tops and all sorts of cool women's stuff for the summer. So I'll get your info from Icon and send you over a little something that we can put it on the okay. IG and, 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 you know, put it on totally separate from this show. Of course, I'm just plugging myself now, no, but um, we I can, uh, you know, put that on the Instagram and, and get a big name. And that, that, I think that would be huge, but Hey, so, um, not to not to beat a dead horse here and and to to go back into what we were talking about previously, but um, you you had, had talked to us a little bit about how you got into the modeling. That was going to be my question: is how'd you get into it? How'd you start it? But you answered that sort of for us already. So back to the bombshell you dropped on us about the Crohn's disease. When you are uh, shooting some of these shots and when you are traveling to these places and, and posing for the camera and putting these outfits on, um, do you, do you have flare ups? Have you ever had Crohn's ruin a model shoot for you? Um, yes, I actually have. I am actually, a lot of times I'm in a flare up when I'm shooting and sometimes I will actually have to end my shoot 
early or I won't be able to get into certain poses that I want to because it's overextending my body and it's just doing too much. Yeah. Um, I have a bad habit of overdoing it because I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to get better with not Mm -hmm. over like booking myself and putting too much on Mm -hmm. myself. But it's like when I'm feeling good, I'm like, okay, I'm good. I'm good to go. Let's do this. Um, it's just it's one of those things. So, um, where where is the coolest it. place? Where is the coolest place you you've done a shoot at? Hmm, that's really hard. Hold on, let me think. The coolest place I've done a shoot at. I've shot in so many awesome places. Um, well, internationally was, or just around the U.S. Um, just around the U.S. I've traveled oh, okay. and whatnot. I've been I've been places, but. I really, to be honest, I don't have one that I can pick out because I've just, I've done so much work with so many different photographers that each, there's just a couple that are some of my faves that I, I don't really have one in particular. <laughs> well, like, hmm. you know, okay. I've done Have you ever been like, like on like, put like on a mountaintop or something like that or. Like, yeah, uh, like like, like the like old uh, what was that old commercial say, icon where, where 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 they bite into it and all of a sudden they're up on a mountain? Was, what was it? What was that? It was that old that old food commercial? Snickers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would actually have to probably be. This can sound crazy, but it's actually going to probably have to be right um, part of Phoenix. Um, I think it would be South Mountain. One of my photographers actually took me up to a spot over there. And it was absolutely beautiful. They took pictures of me on the, literally on the edge. And when I got these pictures back, it looked like I was in Hawaii. And it was just, that oh, was wow. probably one of my favorite places. Was it and like I a green screen or did they just find a, yeah. a spot near no. Phoenix that, oh, a green screen. Okay. It was just, okay. and it started raining and everything. And it just, it, it just ended up perfect. So that's probably one of my shoots that stay with me. I love doing outside shoots. They are probably my favorite. Well, just two more things. Um, one, it rains in Arizona. I didn't even, I didn't even, I wasn't aware of that. <laughs> secondly, secondly, um, you now are you from the Arizona area? Like, like childhood? Like you grew I up am, out there? I am. Okay. I am born and raised Arizona. Have you? Uh, so you're used to ninety to hundred degree temperatures a good portion of the year. Have you ever yeah, seen snow like before? I have, and I don't handle snow well. I actually don't handle cold well at all. <laughs> so, so Icon, I, I think I think that I think that shuts down uh, your hometown from 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 where it's going to be. Uh, he's up there in the great the great north and uh, the great white north, and I I don't think I, I went to go visit Icon. Yeah, he actually lives in the state of North Dakota. I I went to go visit him for an event we did one time third week or second week of March and they got three feet. So yeah, it's, um, it's very, very, uh, interesting. I, and I'm, I'm here in New York. That's where we're headquartered in New York. And, uh, we have our fair share as well, but I just always find it cool. People I know from the South, people I know from the South, you know, Southwest who either have never seen it or, you know, or hate it. They're not like mesmerized by it. Like, Oh, it's so pretty. They're like, no, I, I hate, hate it. You know, so, I just, I just yeah. can't handled it it literally like I actually get super sick and I don't know if baby because my body's just hmm. not super, not used to it but I oh maybe end up flaring up so well, bad Arkansas gets snow sometimes we haven't had a good snow in probably hmm, 
probably seven or eight years since we've had a really bad snow. I mean, we get a little bit here and there, but not very often. So that's where I'm from. Mm. And how's everything, Brittany? How's everything? How's everything going in Arizona with with this whole coronavirus thing? Are you guys are you guys kind of shut down out there too? Yes, it's ridiculous. But I just found out as of a little while ago, they will actually be opening up the barbershops on the 8th instead of the end of the month. And then they will be nice. doing the restaurants and kind of go as you. I'm, I don't know, this whole thing's been a hot mess. And I just, I feel like there's two sides of it. You have people that are just kind of over it. And then you've got people that are very mm. cautious about it. And it's just, I don't know. I'm well, we have, I was telling them, I was crazy. telling them off the air. And here I was, guys, telling you I just did three sports talk shows today, and I don't feel like talking, but here I am talking away as usual. But um, I, I, I'm over it. I'm one of the people that's over it, and that's just simply because here in New York, where we've had obviously some of the biggest amounts of cases in the country, um, I'm a little bit upstate out of the city, but um, there are certain stores, you know, big grocery stores, little convenience stores, different things that have signs on the, on the front door, you cannot enter the establishment. They will not serve mm-hmm. you without a mask on. And it used to be optional. It used to be optional. Like, okay, Hey, mm-hmm. you want to wear it? You want to wear it and be safe? All right, wear it, be safe. You don't want to wear it, whatever. But now it's like, you cannot enter the establishment well, without it. And I can't breathe in those I, things. I hate them. I did find out if you have a health condition, you don't have to wear it. By law, you don't. Hmm. They can't, and they can't ask you what your health condition is because of HIPAA. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. So, I, I well, never really I looked into that. that. The only reason why I know this is because my close friend is a police officer, and he actually he's like totally against this. And he went to Costco, and he was like, "I am not wearing that mask." And he's like, "He's like, I went in there, and I was like, how did you get away with not doing that?'" And he's like, "I told him I have a medical condition," and, he, and he's like, "By law." He's like, as soon as they try to ask me, I told them it's HIPAA and they can't do any further, and they shut down and just let me go in. Well, he's he's got it. He well, he's got an out too. It's like, how'd you get away with it? Well, you just show him a a, a little a little well, pound and a half piece of stick, piece of metal. Well, he didn't show <laughs> him badge or anything. He was straightforward with it. Like he didn't show him anything like that. So right. I don't know because technically, hmm. I I do medical billing and coding in the backfield. So technically, by law, they cannot ask you. But here's the here's the weird thing though. If you have a medical condition, aren't you the ones who are supposed to be wearing them because you're more susceptible to get this? And if you well, get it, you're more susceptible to either getting really sick and dying. I mean, I know that there's a really big, really huge recovery. It's like a 2% death rate or something. It's something crazy. But the people who are immunocompromised or do have medical conditions are the ones who are dying from it. So shouldn't it be the other way around? If you have a medical condition, you should have to wear it? Well, I guess it's... Well, it depends on what medical condition you have, to be honest. Well, I guess, yeah, true. It, it really, but. it really does. You could. There's so many different kinds that really can take you out of that ballpark. Mm. Actually, I suppose. I mean, I've always been, I've always been very healthy. So. Really came down to it. Mm. See, I've never had to deal with that because I'm 31, and my doctor tells me I have the instance of a 16 year old. So I, I've never had to worry about that. But uh, you know, medical <laughs> conditions and things. So I, so yeah, I've never looked into that. So. Well, yeah, that's interesting. So I'm not too far behind. Oh, there we go. You're old like me. We're good. <laughs> yep, uh, I'm not that. I'm not that young. Uh, Brittany Lynn's our guest here. We got about uh, ten minutes here with Brittany, and once again, Brittany, we do thank you for uh, 
uh, taking time out of your busy modeling schedule to join us. But uh, now, now we're going to uh, get to the hard hitting questions. And uh, oh boy, uh, these are fun. We'll, we'll, we'll see how this goes. Uh, now, the first question I have is uh, your your work day. Uh, uh, being a model, uh, do you have to get up at like three in the morning and like do like two hours of makeup and then shoot for eight hours and do touch up and then go home? Yeah, make sure the kids have done their homework and eight, and go back and model again. Take take you through um, a standing day for you. Okay, I'll just break it down for one of my shoots. Um, let's just say uh, I will have a shoot a lot of times in the afternoons right now, so I'll have a shoot about four o'clock. So, um, a lot of times I have my kids during the day, so I get up about six o'clock with the baby. Sometimes five o'clock, just depends because he's five months old. Um, uh-huh. So I get up with him. I'm up with him till about eight, and he takes a nap. My other three kids get up ready to go. They're twelve, ten, and eight. So um, I'm currently not in school right now, so I start doing homeschooling with them. All of that fun stuff. I get done with that about ten o'clock, eleven o'clock. Um, make them lunch, and then about one o'clock, I actually will start getting myself put together. Um, about two thirty, the dads will come pick up the two kids, or pick up the kids. Um, both of the fathers will pick up their kids, and then about three thirty, I'll head over to place to shoot. Um, it only takes me about two hours to get ready. I takes me an hour to do my hair, an hour to do my makeup. I usually already have my bag packed the night before, um, so that doesn't take me too long. And then my shoots are run between about three to four hours, um, sometimes two hours. I'm pretty quick with my shoots. Um, I they're flowy, um, so yeah. And then I'll I'll come back home about seven eight at night, eat dinner, get on Instagram live real quick, do my little video, and then get ready for bed. <laughs> so uh, that's the run day of my yeah. crazy shoot days. So so Brittany gives Brittany gives new meaning to the word shoot interview. Anyway, so um, <laughs> so you know real quick, you know you mentioned that you you homeschool your homeschool your kids. So apparently, uh, eventually they'll be graduates at UPS. <laughs> I know, right? I'm I can't. I couldn't hit the button in time. All right. Well, I, I was waiting for that. So uh, now, yeah, I couldn't hit it. You know, I, I was, uh, We we um we 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 have a, a lot of independent wrestlers on our show, and uh, we have a lot of superstars, and you're in the superstar category. But uh, one question I'm going to ask you is kind of similar to what I asked the independent wrestlers. Like, let's say that. Um, uh, someone like from Victoria's Secret or Fredericks of Hollywood uh, sees you in, in a brawless ad, and they they contact you and they want you to be uh, part of their company. Is that something that you want to do? Oh, a hundred percent. I love Fredericks. I actually buy a lot of their lingerie. <laughs> mm, me too. So, and I and I've actually already reached out to Yandy, so I will be sponsoring them as well. So and I have another company I'm going to be responsoring to as another lingerie one. So I am definitely getting my name out there. And uh, you know I, I I hate to put us over, but well no I don't. But uh, with uh, with our big fan base uh, listening right now, uh, you know uh, this will hopefully uh, if it gets you at least one gig, uh, you know uh, I know that Big Swing wants you to model his merchandise so. You are, well, there you, nah. go. you got a gig already out of the deal, so there you go. And I won't even charge you. I'll just send her the shirt. I, I just want the Instagram <laughs> views. I don't, I don't even need money. <laughs> so, yeah. Oh, we can well, do that. Well, we'll I'll tell you what. Yeah, I'll ask you this. If uh, if uh, 
if I were to uh, have uh, Big Swing send me a shirt, I send it to you, would you be willing to wear it on one of your uh, uh, Instagram lives? A hundred percent, I'll wear it on my Instagram live. I'll even chime you in my video with me. Well, there, there you know you what? Go. I'm gonna say. I'm I'm gonna send that right now. I don't have the the tank tops out yet because the summer lineup doesn't come out till about Memorial Day. But if I send you a T-shirt, it's a unisex T-shirt, men or women. Send you a T-shirt, and and you can cut it up all cool, make it into a tank top if you want or whatever. Um. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna do that. Icon. Uh, we're not gonna okay. disclose it on the air because that's kind of like HIPAA. That's a radio violation policy. So we're not gonna ask you for your address on the air, but uh, we'll, we'll get it. We'll get it off the air from Icon, and I'll send that over to you. And, and yeah, that would be huge. I would be super honored because we do a lot of charity stuff with Mind Over Matter as well as. You know, we we've been on tour with guys like Ja Rule and Freddie Wobb and Warren G and some big hip hop artists. So we have that. Um, some of the big names in hip hop that are affiliated with us, but also we do a lot of, like I said, charity work for, we do back to school events for inner city kids. Uh, we give them school supplies and we give them, you know, hook them up with our merchandise That's and really things like that. We do a lot of, um, like it's kind of, uh, our company colors are black and white. And, and this is going to sound a little, a little strange. Uh, and it's going to might make it come off as racist, but it's not. We have a black side and a white side. The black side is the music side. That's all of, like I said, the, the job rules and the DMXs and the Fetty Wops and all the artists we've toured with and wearing our stuff and the, and the radio station music plays and whatnot. And the white side is, like I said, the inner city school kids with the supplies. We do charity events. I, uh, I actually have a photo on my Instagram right now of, um, of somebody who has coronavirus who's been walking through the, the hospital and they have their mask on and you can see the hospital bracelet and they've got one of our shirts on and everything. So, um, you know, I, I guess, I guess a shameless plug here, um, mind over matter entertainment, check out Instagram. Uh, if you want to send me a friend request, we can do everything that way as well. If you want to send okay. me the request, you can just send me the, send me the, um, the, uh, address in the inbox and I can get that to you. Um, but yeah, it's Mind Over Matter Entertainment. You know, type it out as all one word on Instagram, and you'll see it's a black circle, and it's got mind, mind slash, and then matter like it's written as a stack, and uh, and that's okay. that's all trademarked and copyrighted. So if you want to send me that, I can I can get that over to you. You know, and uh, Wait, I will get that to you. Do, and Big Swing, what you should probably do is you probably start half her uh, Instagram live with one of the shirts and she'll take it off, turn it inside out and then put the and then the other half, right? Brittany? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that there works for me. Well and here's the thing, Brittany, and this kind of reminds me a bit of uh, of your story as well. Uh, all of our shirts excuse me, all of our shirts and all of our hoodies and all of our everything, they don't they don't just say mine over man on the front, um, on the back of every single one of our shirts and our merchandise. Um, it has the saying, which is kind of our company motto, which is success is the best revenge. And it says it on all of the shirts. And uh, I think that's a, a motto that, that we live by. It's a motto that people can get behind to keep driving forward. And, you know, we, we do anti-bullying stuff saying like, you know, success is the best revenge. So don't get even with this person. Be better than them. And that is your revenge, that kind of thing. So we will be doing that kind of that. stuff. Exactly. That is exactly what I'm thriving and going for, especially in this time and period right now is what I'm dealing with. Yes, mm-hmm. I love that. So, yeah, send that over uh, to me. We'll, 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 get that, we'll get that going. Okay, uh, I will. We got, we got about uh, two minutes left here. Uh, 
we we had a month more questions, but you know, unfortunately, you know, we just kind of ran out of time, Brittany. And uh, you know, we do appreciate you joining us. And you know, if we didn't scare you away too much, hopefully, you'd be willing <laughs> to join us again. Uh, yes, and, definitely. Uh, we, we'd love to have you back on again. I would love to chime in again. And uh, our, our fans listening, uh, uh, Brittany uh, might <clears throat> be sending us a little care package uh, for our uh, our. Uh, our big uh, giveaway show. Uh, more on that later. But uh, mm-hmm. Brittany's going to take care of us, and uh, she's going to be awesome. And uh, uh, Brittany, like I said, I just cannot thank you enough for all that you do, for all that you stand for. And uh, you know, when uh, uh, any time uh, I uh, hear the name Brittany Lynn, I'll say, "Hey, she's a friend of mine." I don't know if she'll say the same thing, but uh, <laughs> I you know, definitely would. There you go, guys. I'm popular. So uh, I'll tell you what, you know, real quick here, uh, Brittany, I, I just want, you know, this whole social distancing thing, you know, uh, mm-hmm. you know when uh, when girls heard that I was trying to get a date for prom, they kept their distance from me. And, uh, you know, I remember. <laughs> well, sad thing is, that's true. Uh, I asked 12, I asked 12 girls out to prom. 13 turned me down because this one girl came up and said, don't even think about asking me. See, now, if I would have knew you, I would have been able to take you, see? There we go. Oh, you're so sweet. Definitely. Oh, oh I can't. Well, oh. Thank you very Big much. Softy. Real quick here. Real Thanks, quick here, Brittany. So you can do this. If our, if our fans wanted to check you out and see what you're doing, you got an Instagram, you got a Facebook, you got a YouTube, you got a Twitter, you got a Twitch. What do you got? I have an Instagram. I actually have a Twitter, and um, I don't give out my Facebook yet. It's kind of personal, but I do have I don't those. blame you. And, you. and then you guys can also reach out and find me on um, Brawlist.rock. So Instagram would be Brittany Lynn underscore Arizona, and then the same with Twitter, Brittany Lynn underscore Arizona, and then um, for Brawlist, www.brawlist.rock. And I Brittany, think um, I'm going to send you that request right now, but Brittany is spelled like 10 different ways. How do you, how do you spell that? Okay. Let me spell this for you guys. It's going to be B-R-I-T-T-N-E-Y-L-Y-N-N underscore A-Z. Cool. All right. Well, I got that over to you right now. I just sent you from the company I was telling you about. I just sent you over that friend request. You should be getting that uh, momentarily. Perfect. I will get on. Thank that. you, Brittany. Thank you so much, you guys, for having me on. All right, Thanks, we will Brittany. Definitely have you on again. Thank you. All right. Have a good evening. You the lovely well. Brittany Lynn, ladies and gentlemen. Wow. <laughs> Check her out, man. Instagram, Instagram Live. It's uh, an experience unto be believed. Trust me on that. Oh yes, so, yes. Um, our next guest we do have the second guest on Icon. You gave me the wrong area code. You told me it was six oh three. It's actually six oh four. So here I am getting all excited because I used to live in Nashua, New Hampshire, and I'm like, oh, New Hampshireite, but it's not. It's actually a Canadian address. So we have them on with us now. If you want me to bring them on. Yep. Here we go. All righty. Ladies and gentlemen. Stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle. About to step to the ropes right now. The referee for our next match. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the one, two, three master herself, Raven Lake. Hey, this is Raven Lake. You're listening to the Attitude Era Live with the host, the icon, Z Swing, and Granny Hulkster. 
Boy, that has such a nice ring to it. How are you today? It Rachel? does. <laughs> uh, I'm doing really well. How are you? Good. Here's how we'll do this real quick. Uh, uh, we got uh, Raven Lake here. We got about uh, 30 minutes here with Raven. Uh, what I'll do is I'll have you give us a little background about yourself, then I'll ask you a few questions, and then we'll go to Granny, and then go to Big Swing, and then we'll come back and I'll uh, uh, answer, ask you the gut-wrenching questions. So uh, go ahead oh, and give us a little background. All right, so I guess uh, a little bit about me. Um, I started in this uh, in the wrestling business in 1993. Um, I actually started as a wrestler. Um, I wrestled until 97. I left and I had a couple more kids. <laughs> and uh, I came back in 2008. And I wrestled until 2014 where I had to retire from being an active wrestler due to too many um, too many concussions where I actually had speech therapy and all that kind of stuff. Um, I have two daughters that are actually in the wrestling business, the Hall sisters, Liza and Bambi. What else do you want to know? Uh, well, would you be able to get your daughters on our show? <laughs> I can always put a word in and you just got to contact them. Awesome. Cool. You just let them know. I just let them know I'm a great guy. Okay. So uh, Raven Lake is our guest here. We got about 27 minutes here with Raven. So now you you are obviously a referee, and you started out as a wrestler. What was the, that transition like from wrestler to ref? Um, it was kind of it was actually kind of bittersweet because uh, I transferred to uh, or into being a ref because I couldn't wrestle anymore because of uh, injuries and stuff. Um, when I first uh, started refing. I found myself actually still just watching the match and actually moving in there as a wrestler. So it was almost like having to retrain myself a little bit and pay more attention to actually doing my job that I'm supposed to be doing in there. Um, But uh, it still gives me the opportunity to be able to be a part of the business and be in there with my daughters and just to keep going. It was a little difficult, but it was cool. The best part about being uh, a wrestler turned a referee is that I already know my ring awareness and what's actually expected of me. So it wasn't too bad of a transition. So with, you know, with that being said, you know, you're for your daughter's matches. Uh, do you ever, uh, you know, do you ever do a little favoritism uh, to the daughters there? Sometimes turn your back and they do like a little. Uh, there's actually, um, especially in my hometown promotions where everybody knows that they are my daughters, uh, I'm not allowed to referee their matches due to people thinking I would be biased. Um, I have refed matches uh, with the two of them wrestling against each other, and sometimes it can get comical if they're not listening to me. You know, I'll threaten to ground them or something stupid, mm-hmm. right? But it's pretty cool. So, now, now, being a referee, would you say you're more of a uh... – like a Charles Robinson type, uh, the cool cat type, uh, a Nick Patrick, the heel type, or are you a uh, David Hebner, the all screw somebody type? What kind of referee would you say you are? (laughs) It all depends on what kind of mood I'm in that day and how people treat me. Um, No, I try try to uh, keep the whole thing pretty fair. Um, I always want to look professional in there, so I don't tend to really lean either way. And I find myself just reacting to what it is that's happening as the match is going on. So, yeah, I guess I don't know. Depends how you treat me that day and what kind of ref you're going to get. 
And, uh, you know, being, uh, being a referee, you know, you're, you're basically control the tone of the match. Really. When you think about it, you know, the wrestler, ref, the wrestlers do their part too, but, uh, do you, do you feel sometimes like, uh, uh, when you, uh, before you go out there, after you come out there, uh, did anybody ever say, uh, well, Hey, did you, you missed this or you did that real well, or does that critiquing not really happen? Um, it does happen from time to time, um, both ways. Um, I, I, that's kind of a difficult question. <laughs> um, but both, both things really have happened. I've had things happen in the, in a match, um, like say with a, a managers on the outside. Um, I try to really stick to the rules and the stuff that's going on because, uh, I am the law and you need to listen to what I have to say. Um, where there's a, a manager on the outside, and if I catch them cheating, you know, I'll warn them once, I'll warn them twice. But if I have to warn them three times, no matter what's going on later on in the match, if I catch you the third time, you're gone. So I there really you go. Let, uh, Ray, Ray, <clears throat> Lakers, I guess here. We got about uh, 24 minutes here, Raven. I'll tell you what, Raven. I want to bring on uh, Granny Hulkster now. You want to talk about uh, outside of the ring? She is definitely an outside the ring general. Uh, in the audience. Uh, Jenny, what do you have for our guest, uh, Raven Lake? we got 23 minutes. Go ahead. Well, ho- hello, Raven. I am Granny Hulkster. I'm not a wrestler. I'm just a huge fan, even though I've had a few wrestlers threaten to throw me in the ring a few times. I've been handcuffed to a manager once, you know. <laughs> but I, I like help get the crowd going. I don't like the heels, by the way. I mean, I can talk some pretty good smack. And I've kind of had to tease some a few referees in my day, like, hey, you know, there's like one specifically. I always tease him. I'll say, do you need my glasses so you can see? <laughs> you know, I, always, I always tease him about my gla- handing him my glasses so he can see. I call him a blind ref sometimes, but <laughs> we have a lot of fun with that. But, um, you know, sometimes referees, you know, they'll they'll get, you know, a bump or they'll they'll get hit accidentally, you know, by another wrestler. I'm sure you've probably had that happen to you maybe when you after you started refereeing after you quit wrestling. Have you ever like been in a match where you accidentally got clotheslined by somebody or actually had took a bump accidentally, you know, somebody hit you or um, I've been knocked. I've been knocked over by accident for sure. You know, um, sometimes you just you're in the wrong spot at the wrong time. Um, mm-hmm. I think the worst one was uh, counting a three, but I don't know how the hell they kicked out or what they did. But I ended up getting a little bit of a boot there on the side of the shoulder. Mm. Um, wow. So yeah, it's it's happened. You just have to try and it be happens. aware of where you are. Yeah. And so when you when you wrestled when you wrestled I mean when you were a wrestler were you like the baby face or were you a heel or or what was your favorite thing to do when you actually wrestled? Uh, um, I I kind of went back and forth um, for a while there. Um, especially in places like Kelowna, like some of the smaller places that I always went to, it didn't matter what I said to the crowd. I could spit on them. I could throw things at them, but they just loved me. So I think that was from being a good guy for so long. What I mean, you know, and then you have like the opposite. When I started in the early nineties, um, there was a uh, one lady who would always bring carnations to the wrestlers and give them as they would go out to the ring. 
and I was trying to get over as a heel and uh, I just stopped dead in front of her. I took her flower, I unwrapped it, I bit the head off of it and I spit it at her. And from that point on, I was seated in that building. Yeah, it was, it was a beautiful thing. (laughs) My goodness. That's Hmm. interesting. Love that. Well, I, like I said, I, I've had some pretty pretty fun times at different shows that I've been at. Cause like I said, I don't, I mean, I don't like the heels at all. And I mean, <laughs> I just, I, 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 I can talk smack to the best of them. I mean, you know, I, especially bigger, bigger guys than me. You know, I had one guy, he was like 350 pounds. He's like, I see the fear in your eyes, Granny. I said, and I'm standing there with my fist up in his face. He's, what are you going to do? Hit me. And I said, what do you think? <laughs> so you know we had i have fun you know but i i miss i tell you with all this thing going on right now i have been definitely missing my wrestling shows it's i've been having serious withdrawals so uh raven leak is our guest here we have uh 20 minutes here with raven uh so uh i want to introduce you to our other co-host uh he goes by big swing and uh he uh, he got the name because uh, he's a heck of a golfer, a scratch golfer, oh, yeah. a cheater, okay. and uh, uh, he he's a pretty good hockey player too. He cheats at that. Okay, but, uh, yeah. We'll bring Briggs. We'll bring Briggs Swing on. We got Raven Lake. We got 19 minutes. Go ahead, Big Swing. What do you got? You you forgot about badminton. You're swinging badminton racket also. Um, no, so I uh, and and tennis. Tennis a good game. Um, but yeah, so you you were saying that you retired from the. Um, from the wrestling game, uh, or at least actively competing due to concussions. Uh, we just had a guest on previously. It wasn't a wrestler or anything. It was a, it was a model for a, a clothing line, but uh, and she was talking about her battle with Crohn's disease. Um, with your concussion history, is there still any lingering effects that you get to this day from, from all those concussions that, that kind of worry you a little bit? or? Uh. Yeah, there's still, there's times if I'm overtired or really nervous or stuff, I still stutter sometimes. Um, mm. I do still suffer from headaches. Um, I have a degenerative disc disease now in my neck. So between the concussion stuff and my neck, the headaches can get pretty bad. But, uh, you know, I can tie my shoes now and I can put together a full sentence. So that's all good. Well, that's good. Um, and was that one of those things where you you made the decision to, to to leave, or were you medically told like, listen, like you might die in the ring, like you have to stop, like you were told to, to medically to stop? Uh, unfortunately, I was told medically that I had to stop. They uh, said that if I were to suffer one more serious concussion, uh, that I could lose my cognitive. So. Oh wow! You see, so yeah. so this is another example, and I kind of I I know it's like beating a dead horse here, and I I try to say this every <laughs> week, but there there are so many marks out there, and so many people who have the opinion and and, and have the the uh uh well I, I guess the audacity I guess you could put it as uh to say that you know wrestling is fake just because you know it's a scripted it's a scripted outline it's a scripted outcome. You know, everything you guys talk about, you talk about beforehand and yada, yada, yada. But when you're actually in that ring, there's really nothing fake about it. I mean, wrestlers get hurt all the time. And, 
you know, there'll be an ankle sprain here and there or a knee, a knee injury here and there, but you can get those fixed and really have a normal life. But with you, you know, with something like a concussion, uh, that could, that could lead to, okay, you might not die from it, but your life won't be the same anymore. So for those people out there who think wrestling is fake, I mean, this is, this is an example of, of what the body goes through being an active competitor. And I think it's, I think it's cool to, uh, to kind of highlight that a little bit every time we have somebody on who's had these kind of injuries. Yeah, it's a, it's actually one of my biggest pet pet peeves is uh, people, you know, that say that wrestling is fake. Um, the, you know, we we do train, um, even you know, as a wrestler, referee, whatever. We do train. You know, our bodies are a little bit more adjusted to it. But I mean, if you were to take a normal person and just drop them from five feet on in the air onto their back. That's not fake. <laughs> you no, know, if you know when people, you know, argue about it and stuff, I've actually smacked people, you know, like give them a good chop. Was that fake? Those, those uh, five fingerprints on your chest. Is that fake? Yeah. Well, and that was always my big thing growing up as a kid. Cause my parents were always like, how can you watch this stuff? It's so corny. It's so fake. And I'd watch like Vic Flair or Shawn Michaels doing you know who 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 patented those chops and i'm like his yep. chest is, is 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 red like 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 he just ran a marathon i mean if it's fake like how can you, how can his chest be so red you know so i just i've always known kind of that and being an athlete myself i've always known that that um you know the body goes through a lot of different things when you're you're putting it through a, a contact type of type of sport so um and i guess the only yep. other question i would have is i know that you sort of were forced into the referee profession, but what do you enjoy more? Do you enjoy what you're doing now as a referee and being able to dictate matches that way, or did you enjoy wrestling? Ooh. <laughs> um, I enjoy the refereeing part. Um, it keeps me part of the business. still keeps me entertaining people. Um, I love doing it, uh, but I do really, really, really miss being a wrestler. I miss being able to entertain and to hold people in the palm of my hand. Just, you know, the, the, the sound, you know, like w- when you ref, you go out to the ring and you wait there for everybody to come in, you know. But when you're a wrestler, you're standing behind that curtain, you know, you start to get those, like, the jitters a little bit, and then you hear your entrance music, and it's time to go, and it's just like – a switch, you know, that performer turns on and it's just such a rush of adrenaline. And then you, you know, you look back after and, you know, even when you're in there and you're here, the crowd, you know, you're entertaining these people and it's families and friends that go out to a show to be entertained. And what you did in that night gave them memories that they'll have for the rest of their lives. Mm. Yes. See, yeah. I have a very um, good, one of my very good wrestling friends. You, when you mentioned about the, the switch, he's always told me and my husband, he said it's for him, it's always like a light switch. You get in, you go in to get in the ring, that light switch comes on, you get into the character with your heel or baby face, and then when you get out of the ring, the light switch goes off, you know. And, and I've had people tell me, you know, just as a fan, you know, sometimes when the crowd hasn't been very big, they always have thanked me for being there and helping make the show because I get so involved, you know, that's what I love about independent shows because you can have that interaction more than you can like at a big WWE show. 
but I get so much involved with the wrestlers. They make me, they like, they get me in as part of the show, you know, and that's, that's what I love because uh, we we need fans like you as much as you need us. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. right. Well, Granny, I I think your your type of of fan is is a little bit different because you're going to these independent shows that are inherently smaller than a show like, you know, a WWE type event. So you can have more one-on-one interaction, uh, you know, in a smaller venue where you're closer instead of sitting in the 16th row at a WWE show, you know? So it's, it's a little bit, it gives you a little bit more of that, that, that part of the atmosphere, kind of a feel to it uh, than being in a big mass produced corporate type. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. But see, and, but I've been, but I've been told, I mean, I've been told, I've been thanked by wrestlers for thank you, thank you know, thank you, Granny, for being here. We couldn't have made it through the night without you, you know. And I mean, I had one of my wrestling buddies. He actually posted this on my Facebook page one day. He said, you know, it's funny when you get a better pop and you're more recognizable than most professional wrestlers. Now, like this gimmick name that I've had, I've had this gimmick name for like 20, probably 22 years. And I still have my original granny shirt. I have a shirt that says, what you going to do when Granny Hulkster goes crazy on you? And I started wearing that to in, these independent shows. And I have become such an impact, which I'm very humbled by that. And, he, you know, and he said, this is a compliment towards you, Granny, because he said, people, you know, I still, to this day, I, there used to be a, a, a company that ran in Arkansas, and they used to do TV tapings. Well, they still show the old TV tapings down in the Little Rock, Arkansas area on TV. To this day, it's been almost seven years since TCW quit running. And to this day, I still have people come up and ask me, hey, aren't you Granny from TCW? You know, aren't you the lady in the yellow shirt? And I mean, I... I mean, I've had dinner with people like Hacksaw Jim Duggan and Tommy Dreamer, you know, so I mean, it's like, you know, I mean, I could, I, I've had some really amazing stories over the years that I have shared with people and I love doing what I do as a fan because I love it. Uh, Raven, awesome. uh, uh, we have, uh, we have, uh, Raven Lake here as our guest here. Uh, we got, um, uh, well, we got about uh, uh, nine, uh, ten minutes here left with Raven. Uh, just so we can get this in before I ask you the hard-hitting questions, if our fans wanted to check you out and see uh, what you're doing and follow you, you got a Facebook, you got an Instagram, you got a YouTube, you got a Twitter, you got a Twitch, you got a uh, follow me. What do you got? Um, I am on Facebook as Raven Lake. Um, I do have. What do I have? I have Twitter. It's RVN uh, Lake. I think that's what it is. And I have Instagram, the same thing, RVN Lake. Awesome. Uh, so uh, Raven Lake is our guest. We've got nine minutes here. One thing I like to ask all our independent wrestlers um, is this question. It's a two-part question. And no one ever answers it the same way, so I'm going to put it to you. <laughs> Let's say that uh, like a AEW or a WWE official uh, is at a show and they uh, – they, they like what you're doing in the ring, and they want you to uh, come work for them, and they offer you that million-dollar contract. Two-part question. A, is that something you'd want to do? And two, if you get that, would you uh, not big-time us and still be our friend and still talk to us? 
Um, I think anybody would grab the opportunity to do that. Um, I've been around this business a long, long time, and if that knock finally came on my door, I'd answer it in two seconds. Um, and, uh, enough, some people say no. So, so really? Some people say no to both, actually. <laughs> um, but, but, yeah, a lot of people say no. You know what? I don't want to be in a big corporate setting where they dictate everything I do and you know, what shows I can go on and what promotion I have and they make my character for me and yada, yada, yada. I, a lot, some of the people we spoke to actually said that they would prefer to stay in a smaller company, maybe move to NXT or AEW or something like that, but they wouldn't want to be in the WWE. So that's kind of interesting, you know, the dynamic of seeing would, actually, what some of the people we talked to. I would prefer AEW as well. I would prefer something more yeah. like that because you have a lot more lenience and where you can go and what you can do. But, I mean, and you I've been, you know... Hey, she got your. He is a fantastic man. Oh yes, that's awesome. he's one of my icons. Being being a broadcaster, he's one of my icons. What what's up? Uh, well, Raven Lake's our guest here. We got about eight minutes yes. left here. So, uh, with all this stuff going on, uh, how do you uh, have you heard when your next show is, and how many shows have you uh, had to have been postponed because of all this stuff going on? Oh geez, I I haven't done a show. When was the last show that we that we ran? Maybe the beginning of March. It's been a while. Everything is shut down here in in uh, Vancouver, like in BC. It, uh, there's no shows. There hasn't been any shows. There's been nothing. It really really sucks, and everybody's really chomping at the bit. Um, here in Vancouver, they have not decided to uh, lift any of the restrictions yet, so we're really just sitting like on the sidelines, just waiting until we can get the go ahead. Um, I believe the largest that you can have for a crowd right now um, here in Vancouver, anyways, is 50 people. So, so uh, wow. it kind of sounds like kind of kind of sounds like the audience I used to have when I used to do stand up comedy. So I I'd be perfect there. <laughs> That's kind of like it is here in Arkansas. If we if we have a wrestling show, we can't have more. You know, they announced today that uh, indoor venues could start maybe opening up like May 18th, but they couldn't have more than 50 people and you know the social distancing, and that makes it kind of bad when you're trying to have an independent wrestling show. You know, so. So, yeah, it yeah. makes it really hard. It really, really, you know, like, I think that that would calm the crowd down, like, so much. You know, everybody's so separated, and, you know, I don't know. That would be weird. So, uh, yeah, so basically on the uh, on the posters for where Granny's at, they say, uh, we have seating capacity for Granny Hulkster and 49 others. Get your <laughs> Yeah, well, basically. I told some, I, I told I told I told somebody the other night that uh, I was listening to a wrestling podcast, and I told somebody the other night I said the first wrestling show that Granny gets to go to, the heels better watch out because I'm going to be coming out of the corner swinging, you know, because yeah. it's oh, been boy. way too long since. I mean, the heels are doomed. That's I, that's all I got to say, guys. Is the heels are going to be doomed when Granny gets in the building because it has been way too long since Granny's got to talk great to somebody. What would be what would be weirder? Well what do you think would be weirder, Granny, one from a fan perspective and uh, and Raven two from a referee and being in the ring perspective, looking out into the crowd and seeing 
like what you see now, like in WWE and AEW, like the empty arena, or possibly maybe 50 people at a show or something, or looking out to a capacity crowd, but all of them have those N95 masks on. Or what would what, what, like the Mortal Kombat recommend? What would get a little creepy? I don't know, you know. I mean, I think as a fan perspective, I mean, you know, I don't know, because some buildings, you know, are big enough that you can spread the chairs out further. I've been to one company where they're in their new building now, and it's it's smaller than where they used to be. And I get why they moved there, so they can have their training facility there. But in this little building, you're like, elbow to elbow, I mean, there's no way that they're going to let them have a show right now with, with what's going on. I mean, there's just no way because, I mean, you could maybe get 50 people in that building if you spread them out, but, I mean, I don't know. I mean, for a fan's perspective, I think it would be, I think it would be hard. Well, you could wear a mask, but, you know, your 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 hollering would be so muffled, nobody would be able to understand what you're saying. Well, you know, I, I would look at it as you could spin it as like Mortal Kombat. They all look like the Mortal Kombat masks, and you could like, you know, it, it would all it, it would all just be really really strange to me. I think, but I think what would be even weirder, would be even weirder is if all the wrestlers had to wear them also. That'd be even weirder. Okay, and the well, referees and Raven all that Lake stuff. Here. We got Raven Lake as our guest here. Uh, we have uh, well, we have about two minutes left for uh, Ray, with Raven. And uh, Raven, um, if you know, you mentioned that uh, you know I'd have to. Um, if you could, um, if you could uh, uh, let me know uh, what their names are on Facebook, so I can uh, get them on. Uh, you know, I'll. Uh, you know, I promise I won't cause any uh, family frictions, even though I've been known to do that. Just ask my own family. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I'll make sure they're not throwing mashed potatoes at Thanksgiving dinner, stuff like that. But if you could uh, get me in touch with them, I'd love to have your daughters on. Absolutely. You can just look them up. It's uh, Bambi Hall and Liza Hall. They have Facebook. They have Twitter, Instagram, all that kind of stuff. All right. I, I've always loved the name Bambi ever since uh, James Bond, you know. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So I do appreciate you taking time out of your schedule uh, to be with us tonight. Um and I know that our uh, next guest is waiting in the wings. We'll go to him in about two minutes. Uh, so, uh, yeah, the other quick thing I was going to ask you real quick uh, is uh, when your daughters told you that they wanted to uh, get into wrestling like their mom, was it something that you're like, oh, no, or were you like, oh, yeah, go for it, or were you on the, were you on the borderline, on the fence? Uh, what was your thought? Uh, at first, um, Bambi was the only one that really showed interest in it, and I tried to talk her out of it, honestly. Um, at first, and then uh, she just she was adamant she wanted to do it, so she came to class and uh, started rolling around in class with uh, the trainers with Gorgeous Michelle Starr, and I could see the passion and the fire in her, and then I was behind it 100%, and then Liza followed followed suit. And I, I guess I guess to bounce off of Icon's question, every time one of them takes a particularly hard bump and they kind of wince a little bit or take a minute to get up, you kind of have that those thoughts go through your head as, oh, geez, it's me all over again oh, kind of thing. Like, let me cue. 
Let yeah. me tell you, these girls a few months ago uh, did a six-way woman's table, ladder, and chair match at Ballroom Brawl for ECCW here. Mm. And uh, there was, like, a few things that scared the hell out of me. Uh, one of them, Liza took a power bomb through a table, but the ladder was right there. And she clunked the back of her head on the bottom rung. And I, t- I, I oh, couldn't wow. just – I reacted. Like, it scared the crap out of me. So – like sometimes watching their stuff, it's really scary as a mom. And then you know, I try to try to watch it as a worker, as a restaurant. It's like, fuck. oh, sorry, yeah. Like that's like really good, girls. Like you know, it's something that you get so proud of watching them do. But there's definitely a fear there. I can imagine. Well, I'll tell you what, Raven Lake. Uh, we appreciate you joining us, and we thank you for taking time on your schedule. And uh, keep us posted when your next show is, hopefully sooner than later. And uh, we'd love to have you back on again. Thanks, Raven. That would be awesome. Thanks for having me. It was a lot of fun. Thank you. Hey, uh, Big Swing, uh, do you have the uh, theme song ready that I asked you to download? I, I, I do, but we don't have him on yet. Yes, yes, we do. Oh, well, he's not on the switchboard. He's on my line, though. Oh, well, that would that would explain why I don't see his number. Okay. Uh, yeah, you want me to queue it up? Yep, go ahead. All right, let me turn it down a little bit so we can still hear you and all of your triumphant roar. All right, here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, stepping out of the green room and walking down the aisle. He is the hair man himself. He is the greatest scientist in the history of television. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the one, the only, the Big Bird. Thank you. Thank you for that insane introduction. And how, that's that's me. I would be that guy. How are you, sir? I'm doing well, thanks. How about you? Good. Uh, we have... Uh, 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 Beekman, uh, a.k.a. I'll use your real name now, Paul's in with us. If I do keep calling you Beekman, if you uh, don't want me to call you Beekman, I'll understand. But, uh, you know, sir, you are my hero, and uh, we'll get into this. You already know you're my hero. So, uh, mm-hmm. well, I'll ask you a few questions, and we'll kind of go around the room, and then uh, we'll come back to me. And then uh, uh, I know that uh, – uh, I know I said 45 minutes, but if we go a little longer, because uh, we do have some fan questions that came in, would you be willing to answer those too? You bet. Awesome. So, uh, take us through uh, when you uh, when you first uh, uh, try. Did you try out for the role for Beekman, or did your agent say, "Hey, this would be perfect for you"? How did uh, how did you land the spot? Well, I had been doing my political satire, puppetry, found object puppets, and hand puppets, and uh, slideshows comedic slideshows, all kinds of crap in New York for years. And I met this guy through an old uh, summer camp buddy who was a director, and he directed a bunch of comedy specials for HBO. Um, And he saw my show, and he said, oh, we should pitch you to to HBO and to Comedy Central and all that. And we did. We took a couple of meetings, and it really didn't go anywhere. And then five years went by, or I don't know, a couple of years, and they were trying to cast Beekman. And this guy, Jay Dubin, had been cast, had been hired as a director of the show because he had done all these uh, comedy specials, and he had a really good eye at 
you know, all the visual style he was doing, the way he cut them and everything was really great. So they tried to cast the part for Beekman in Hollywood, and they brought in all the actors and stuff. And all it could come up was with, like, sitcom dads, you know what I mean? And they needed, like, a real weirdo. And, um, <laughs> you know, they just needed somebody who was just, you know, weird and odd and came, came, you know, cut out of different cloth or whatever. And so Jay said, I know this guy in New York, and I was living in the city at the time. And I sent them a tape of me doing a show where I had uh, photographed food brochures, um, and then I played a food technologist. And the show was called Food, P-H-O-O-D, and it was about food processing and about all this horrible crap that we eat. Uh, like wood pulp and some food additives that you have to store carefully or they blow up and, you know, just crazy how much rat crap you can have in any given food product. You know, there's a certain amount you're allowed to have. So all this kind of really grotesque crap was in there. And I played basically a cross between a scientist and a cook because I wore a lab coat and then a chef's toque. So I sent them the tape and they were like, well, this is great. And they flew me out for a screen test. And, um, you know, it was, I, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I was nervous as all get out. And at one point I knocked over a beaker of water and I'm a stage performer. I have been for almost 50 years. So I'm used to ad-libbing. Something goes wrong. I ad-lib and I just splashed around in the water and took some on a cologne and, you know, did a, a bunch of off the top of my head gags. And, uh, you know, civilians, they loved that and they went for it. They were like, oh, this guy's great. So they gave me the job. Uh, Paul's in the room with our guest. Uh, we have uh, 40 minutes with Paul. I'm going to ask a few questions. We're going around the room, then we'll come back and uh, uh, ask you. Uh, I have a lot of fan questions, and we have a lot of fan fan questions. Uh, when you, uh, how long was the show on the air again? Uh, I, I don't, I don't really know. I mean, I think it, maybe it was in first run, maybe for six years or something. I don't really know. Um, I think it went on the air in 92, and maybe it stopped in 96, 97, 98. I, I really – I have no idea. Yeah, I'm, a lousy, uh, I'm a lousy historian about my own work because I don't care. It doesn't interest me when I lose. But we made 91 episodes, and at the time, you know, syndicated TV was a big deal. That's how all these people made their money in Hollywood. So they needed 91 episodes in order to sell it into syndication. So once we hit 91, they pulled the plug. So uh, – uh, with uh, you know, cause I remember you know you were on uh, uh, you were on um, uh, NBC uh, Channel Eleven in uh, in my hometown, and uh, you were also on the Learning Channel. Uh, I could watch you on Wednesday nights and then Saturday mornings just before WWE wrestling. Uh, and as a matter of fact, that's how I started watching the show because like I, I I waited I hated waiting for wrestling, and I'm like I wa- I would watch Bug Bunny, Beekman. And then, bam, bam, Bigelow. You know, I, I covered all the people. <laughs> mm. um, so, uh, That's really, great. That's, you know, and Bugs Bunny was like, he's like a god of show business. You know, his attitude is so great. And, and his take on the world, his philosophy. So big inspiration to me, my work, uh, the Warner Brothers cartoons. So that's cool. What a, what a lead up to wrestling. and Wow. So, yeah, I remember, uh, I remember the days of Mungo Santa Maria and, um, you know, Andre the Giant, you know, the early days. The legendary, yeah. Yeah. So, uh, 
Haystacks uh, Calhoun. Right. If you could uh, take us through uh, the basic uh, f- uh, filming of one 30-minute episode, uh, you know, because you, uh, you did a lot of characters, uh, like you dressed up like Thomas Edison and uh, um, you dressed up like Narcissus, uh, who was better, uh, which was kind of interesting because there was a narcissistic character in the WWE <laughs> played by Lex Luger. Uh, you know, take us through uh, how long it took to do one thirty-minute episode. How many days of? Well, in the beginning, it everything took longer because we weren't used to it, and the way we shot it, there were two cameras right next to each other, and they were never more than about three feet from my face, and they had ultra-wide-angle lenses. So instead of the cameras, um, instead of the cameras moving because they never moved the performers would move back and forth between the two cameras to make the cut. And, and to learn how to do that, it took uh, a couple of years. It was hard to do. And then once we got into the rhythm of doing the film, we actually banked, we, we block shot the thing. So they would write eight episodes and then cut it up according to location. So we'd shoot in the kitchen with um, Art Burns, the, the chef, the disgusting chef. I, I love that. Yeah, that was really fun. They put Vaseline on my face. It was all greasy. And, you know, I, I had to grow, like, whiskers. And, and yeah, it was uh, and it was disgusting. A lot of stuff falling out of my mouth, you know, like my teeth would pop out of my gum or things would fall out of my hair. It was just, you know, it was fun to think about how to do things that really gross with the chef there. But anyway, you know, the whole thing that takes time in film and television production is when you have to move the cameras and you have to light a, another location in on the set. And we had a bunch of locations on the set where we could shoot. We had the kitchen, we had the living room, we had the sort of lab area. And so what you want to do is move as little as possible. So you take eight episodes and they break them down so all the stuff in the kitchen gets shot at once. So I never knew necessarily what episode we were shooting. You know, it wasn't like it was some big psychological thing. I had to do like a Robert De Niro thing. Like, what's my motivation? It was just more, you know, more of the clown act. And it was a lot of fun. It took a lot of energy. And uh, so in answer to your question, I had no idea how long it took. I mean, I think at our high point, we were making one and a half episodes a week. And we would do a table read on Monday and we rehearsed on Tuesday. And then we shot Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And our record was 36 pages. And, you know, that's actually quite a bit because <laughs> the average film shoots about a page a day. Uh, Paul Zoom is our guest here. we got 35 minutes of regular time, and we might go a little overtime. As a matter of fact, I hope you'll stay with us for overtime. But, uh, 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 Paul, I want to uh, introduce you to uh, our, our co-host because you had a lot of co-hosts. And uh, I'll, I'll say this real quick, and then we'll bring Granny in. Uh, you know, your original co-host, uh, your first one, uh, Josie, uh, she went on uh, to a, a, a great uh, film career because of you. A lot of people don't know that uh, she was in uh, Meet the Fockers. Uh, she played uh, the nanny that uh, Gaylord Fokker uh, uh, had in the uh, in the movie. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, it's all because of you. It was your inspiration. You're the one that got her her start, so there you go. Uh but, uh, Granny, what do you have for our guest, Paul's Room, a.k.a. my hero, The Beekman? Go ahead, Granny. 
Well, hello. I mean, I you know, my son was actually born in 1987, so he actually grew up watching Bigman's World on Saturday mornings on CBS. We had Bigman's World on CBS, and you know where I lived at. But so I remember my son watching you, you know, every Saturday morning. You know, he he'd watch cartoons and then he'd say I want to watch Big Man's World so you know but um, so I remember my son growing up watching Big Man's World when it was on TV so what was your most um, most fun episode that I mean I'm sure they were all a lot of fun but what was your favorite episode that you did during Big Man's World oh me little yeah. Hello. Oh, I think we lost uh, Icon's phone dropped off. So obviously he I was on the we... line with yeah. Icon. So I think we technically yeah. ended up losing both of them. Um, I think I'm we sure did. Icon I will, think we did. I th- I'm sure Icon will, will call back in here in a second. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I remember I'm, I'm looking at his stuff on, on Wikipedia here. And I, again, I was super young as well. Uh, when the show was odd, but I remember Beepin's World being sort of a staple of one of those, you know, live action TV shows when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I was wondering, and I guess that'll be my question. <laughs> I, I'm spoil it for the listeners because uh, I don't know if he's on at the moment. But um, was there sort of a competitive rivalry with him and Bill Nye, the Science Guy? And, oh, yeah. Because you know, Bill Nye debuted a year after him. But Bill mm-hmm. Nye would have would have one topic and do a whole show on one topic, whereas Beekman kind of jumped around and had different different things mm-hmm. he would talk about, which to me was more interesting because I didn't have an attention span to to especially if it was a topic I wasn't super interested in, I, I wouldn't want to watch a whole show on it. So um, yeah, part of the reason why I, I steered more towards Beekman because one one of the topics he covered I might not really be into, but then the next two I might like. So I kind of. I kind of uh, I gravitated towards him that way, but uh, Icon's still not on here. I'm going to shoot him a message. Maybe perhaps his phone died. Um, definitely know. a possibility. Um, Could be. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I don't have a problem just kind of vamping. I mean, I, I you know, have to talk about nothing right now in sports all day so you know it's like sort of the same (laughs) thing um i'm going to quickly try to give our uh beloved co-host a call here and you know what's funny is you'll be able to tell it'll be like a live listen coming in you'll be able to tell Mm -hmm. right off the bat uh right off the bat if his phone is dead or if something happened, because it'll go straight to voicemail if it's if it's dead. So yep. let me let me let me try call an icon here and see if we can get that. See what happened. Uh, it's ringing. Yeah, it is well, ringing. That's what, to, that's what happened to Otto last week. Otto's Otto's hey, phone. The icon. Yeah. The name's holding number. Date time. Oh, call. Oh, oh. Back. Wait a minute. 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 We got him on. Oh, excuse me. I had to sneeze. Icon, you with us? Yeah, we're here. And uh, uh, I was what weird. exactly happened? I don't know. Uh, Beekman, you're still there, aren't you? I'm here. I'm ready, willing, and able to do whatever you need. Okay. Yes, uh, your I phone, your phone cut off there, Icon. 
Yeah, uh, well, uh, maybe... Uh, you got to pay your cell phone uh, bill. Yeah, right. Uh, so, uh, Gran- Granny, did you have any other questions for our guest, uh, Speakman? No, I don't even know if he heard the question that I even asked, because I don't know when it actually cut off, so... I well, heard I- the question, and I enjoyed it, and I answered it with my usual loquacious way too long uh, but i didn't response. get to hear i didn't get to hear your response because that's when the phone cut off so. <laughs> well basically i what i said was i loved going up the nostril and we had an elephant on the show and that was beautiful <laughs> mm. okay uh, go ahead big swing <laughs> big swing well, uh, we, yes, we have a we have a we have a man here himself uh, we have 28 minutes of regular time, and we're going to go a little overtime because I have some more questions. So go ahead, Big Swing. What do you oh, got? boy. Well, I kind of uh, teased the listeners a little bit with it because we kind of talked a little bit about it where, where we were waiting uh, for you to, to get back on with us. But, um, you know, I I remember watching, you know, Big Ben as well as a kid. I mean, I was young. I was born in 88, so I was still really young when the show debuted. However, uh, I – you know, one of the big staples of my childhood was, yes, Duke Prince World, but was also Bill Nye, the science guy, who debuted a year after. Now, here's the thing. I actually preferred Beekman's World because for the certain reasons of he would cover multiple to- – or I shouldn't say he, like he's not here, you – uh, Mr. Bigman would cover multiple topics, um, sometimes three, sometimes four in your shows. Um, and, you know, whereas he was more centered to one topic. So if I wasn't necessarily interested as a kid in that topic, I wasn't going to sit there with my severe ADHD and, and pay attention for a full 30 minutes on one topic I didn't like. Whereas if you had a couple on, I'd be, you know, I might not be interested in one, but like the other two, and it was just better for my ADD. So um, that's definitely why I, uh, I, I gravitated more towards towards Beekman's world. Um, plus, you did more fan friendly stuff, like you said, with the elephant on the show and all that. Um, but did you did you have a bit of a uh, ratings battle? Did you have uh, a bit of a uh, pressure, I guess, put on you to put out a better show when Bill Nye came out? Or, like, was there a rivalry, or were you guys kind of friends doing the same kind of thing? And, and I mean, what was the dynamic there with you? Well, I, I never felt like I was in competition with anybody or anything. I, I, you know, I just don't care about stuff like that. I just, you know, okay. you're having a good time. We want to make the funniest show we could that was also informative and was a gas for the kids to watch, a gas for the parents to watch with the kids. And that was my agenda. I know there were people, um, you know, online and chat rooms and stuff going on about a rivalry. And I know Bill said some stuff, uh, negative stuff about me in the press and all that. But um, oh, see, I didn't even know that. that. Okay. Yeah, he he said he was a, um, a scientist and I was just a, an actor. And and then he said I was just a performance artist. But I, I, I'm not interested in um, – homie don't play that game. It's, it's, you know, I don't, I don't yeah, get that. Why would, we, why would we compete? There's all kinds of crap on television, maybe less mm. in those days. But uh, we just had a lot of fun. It was a really good time, and, and uh, I did a couple of shows. I think I did Science Friday with Bill, and okay. I met him a couple of times, like in the hotel lobby, I think, and some other gig I met him at the Emmys one time. But uh, no, I don't. I don't buy that competition stuff. It just doesn't mm-hmm. interest me. And uh, you know, his show was better known. They had better distribution and stuff. 
Uh, our show ended up being more uh, of an international hit than his his show, particularly in Latin mm. America. So I think we both, you know, we both had our audiences, and there were people who liked one over the other one. They had perfectly good reasons for them, whatever, whatever. And uh, you know, it is what it is. And how did you go about deciding what? science topics you were going to cover on each show like was that a script that the network gave to you and said you're going to talk about these or did you go through and actually say hey i want to teach the kids about this today well you know the show is based on a syndicated column in the funny pages the comics that uh jock church the creator did it was the first comic that was ever published it was made on a mac and it was basically, it was called You Can with Beekman and Jax. So kids would write in to Beekman and Jax. Jax was his female sidekick. And they would ask uh, Beekman questions, and he would answer them. So in the beginning of the show, we had, like, fake letters because nobody knew to write into the TV show because it wasn't on the air. But once it got on the yeah. air, then we used actual real kids' letters. Uh, and answered their questions. Oh, wow. And, uh, you know, we, we knew there were certain topics we wanted to cover. Um, you know, the writers were amazing. They covered um, the theory of relativity in like six and a half minutes. Um, you know, the network, can we do farting? We want to do farting. And they kept saying, no, 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 the standards and practices at CBS. But then finally, towards the end, they said, okay, you can do farting. So we did a show on farting. Because, you know, a great avenue to get the kids is through bodily functions because kids love, oh, yeah. kids love uh, farting and burping and saliva and drooling and all that kind of stuff. It's like porno for kids. You know, they love that stuff. And it's a great way to, to sort of introduce kids in the idea of thinking about their bodies and what is all this stuff for, like snot tween meal snack. It's also something that traps dirt and germs as you inhale through your nostrils. So, yeah. Mm. And, you know, know it's funny you mentioned that, too, because I don't know if you've seen or if you watch, you know, I don't know why you would watch kids shows now. But if you watch shows now and you look at the TV that's aimed towards children nowadays, it is so dumbed down and ridiculous. And I mean, a lot of it's cartoon, but, but a lot of it is just so stupid and simple. And one of the great things about your show was not only was it entertaining for us as kids. But it taught us something. And I, I remember, you know, going to school as a young kid and, you know, spewing out facts that I heard on, on your show, um, you know, to kids and thinking I was so smart, not thinking that they also had watched the show. So they knew a lot of that same stuff. But I just, I, you know, it things stuck with me and I learned about a lot of things. And there's just not as much educational TV that, that has the fun element anymore in it. Everything's just so simple and stupid nowadays. So. That's uh, one of the great things about your program as well. So a big influence on our show was Soupy Sales. And Soupy had a mm-hmm. show in the 50s and the 60s. And uh, it's the first TV show where the crew was the audience and where they laughed. And mm-hmm. uh, Soupy also made eye contact with people on the crew. So he's always looking off camera, which you know never happens in television. And there was a certain looseness and wildness to that show that you know, we loved as kids, but it was also, it was directed towards adults in a lot of ways. And after a while, like wall street would shut down and, you know, because everybody adults just loved the show. And we wanted to make a show. that was like a Warner brothers cartoon that sort of operated on a bunch of different levels. So there was sort of gags for the kids, gags for the adults. 
I mean, there's no reason to talk down to kids. It, it doesn't make sense to me. I, I remember I did mm. Sesame Street once. I went on as a puppeteer uh, with Sesame Street to explain what a puppeteer does to puppets who don't admit or whatever that they're puppets, which is kind of surreal and weird. But one of these things mm. from uh, public television said to me, oh, it's, you know, it, it, you don't talk to the puppets like they're idiots or <laughs> like they're kids. I'm like, no, of course, I'm just talking to them normally. There's no reason to pitch your voice high when you're talking to kids or, I mean, infants. Yeah, you talk to infants in a high voice because they respond to that and, you know, it has meaning to them. But to kids, you play to them normally and let them reach a little bit to figure out what's going on. Mm. And yeah, I never understood that with with uh with with young kids like toddlers and and, and Granny, I I don't know if you do this as well, but you notice people talk to toddlers the same way they talk to dogs. You notice that same tone. Oh yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, they're that. like, oh look at you, oh you're so cute, oh my god, you're so great, blah blah blah. It does nothing for them, you know. You talk to them like an adult when they're that age and they're younger, then they're gonna be a lot better off and more mature when, you know, at a younger age. So I, I never really was a fan of that. But yeah. But no, overall, I'm, great I'm show, child reason. Hmm? I, I just wanted to say another big inspiration uh, to me was uh, Ren and Stimpy, which was uh, on yes. roughly at the same time. And that was on Nickelodeon. And that show, you know, was revolutionary because uh, for a whole variety of different reasons, but the uh, like they would do a, a two shot with Ren and Stimpy, and then do a close up of Ren, and he looked completely different. It was in a completely different style, and he'd had warts with hairs growing out of him and stuff hanging out of his nose. Then they go back to the two shot, and he didn't look anything like he did before, and and it was done in television, and the humor and the 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 sound, the room sound on that show, and everything about it was just so beautiful, so exquisite. It was a, a huge inspiration um, to what we were doing. Mm. Yeah, I loved that show, too. And it was funny, because that show, if you go back and watch Red and Stimpy now, you know, you watch, like, the old, you go on YouTube and find some episodes of it and stuff, you're like, this is not a children's show. <laughs> you know, you're like, this, right. this was on Nickelodeon, but I mean, like, I, I'm 31, I would I, I would watch this. I get a lot of the humor in this. Um, and, and, you know, but then, like you said, with standards of practices at CBS, you can't talk about flirting, but then, you know, some of the stuff, some of the innuendos that they would make on that show. And it's just like, wow, you know, like, like what they were allowed to get away with, as opposed to somebody who's doing something educational for the children that they didn't necessarily let you do. So just kind of crazy how, how things were, uh, back in the day. Yeah. And, you know, uh, Lester, the, the guy in the rat suit on our show one of the mm-hmm. signature sound effects, we had 1,500 sound effects in every show. He was constantly mm-hmm. farting. So we didn't, you know, we didn't pay a lot of attention to it, but he'd say something and he'd move and there'd be a little fart sound effect. Uh, and then the sound effects became yet another layer of the humor and the sort of atmosphere of the show. And then Ray, the guy, the cameraman, whose hand would come in from the side, that was sort of inspired by... Um, White Fang from uh, Soupy Sales Show. And what's cool uh. about Soupy was, you know, Soupy was more back in the days of television influenced by, by theater, by vaudeville. So they really saw the box of the television as a proscenium and they used the edge. And so there's something that comes in, but you don't get to see the whole thing. You never get to see White Fang. 
his dog. All you see is his giant arm that comes in and throws pies at him and talks to him and whatever. So the idea of, of the frame, using the frame as a proscenium is really, really interesting uh, to us. And that's why we had Ray with the hand coming in. We were just looking always to lard the thing up with as much vis- visual and and audio humor. So the sound effects added this other layer of of uh, comedy. And and the guy that did the uh, the sound effects, you know, he did an amazing job because he he would find like double meanings and and all the rest of it in terms of the choice of the sound effects he used. Awesome. Uh, See, I never knew that. I mean, I'm even learning stuff now. Here we are 20 years later. I'm still learning stuff. (laughs) Uh, Paul's room is our guest here. We got about uh, 17 minutes left of regular time. And uh, uh, Paul, if uh, you can uh, stay in a little after that, I I, I know that uh, you're a busy guy and I know you're working on a program. We're going to talk about that here shortly, too. Uh, I'm going to ask you a few more uh, hard hitting Beekman questions because I. I don't know, but I think I have got to be probably the biggest fan of the show. And the reason why I know that is because I wrote in 52 times to the show. And <laughs> what's interesting about that is I would always get a, I would always get, I'd always get a card back, a postcard that says, "Well, uh, here's what you want to do: is you want to find out the <laughs> that, talk to your, talk to your, one of your teachers, or go to your local library." Yep. And I'm like, so I still have a stack of those. That's but cool. there was one time I never got uh I never got one of those back. And uh huh. and he's still mad him. about it. No, no. because uh, he's my friend now. Uh, nah. uh my the question I asked was how does a uh a, a tape work? A uh a cassette tape work? And you did an episode on that. Right. And it just happened to air on TLC on my birthday. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. Hey, this is my, I, I, I told them what my birthday is. They, they saved it for my birthday episode. And I loved you even more from that point. Did, awesome. they, I, did, did they use your name? Yes. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, they didn't use my right location, but anyway, that, you know, because <laughs> I, I, I kept right. on writing in. Did he get cut off again? He got cut off again. Look at that. So basically what we learned, ladies and gentlemen, is that Icon just annoyed the studio producers until they put him on the show. Um, that kind of sounds familiar, <laughs> um, if you know the history. No, I'm just kidding, Icon. But, uh, but yeah, I'm sure he'll call back in here. He got he got cut off again. Um, but, uh, and, and you well, know, funny, he's well, probably... While we're, waiting, while we're waiting for him to call back... I've got some exciting yeah. news to sh- that I didn't get to share with you guys earlier. Oh, boy. What is that? Well, I have been asked to be a special guest on a podcast. Remember me talking about my friend uh, Papa Strobe um, a week ago or so? You know, I give him a big shout-out, you know? Yeah. Well, he does, he does a podcast on Thursday nights on VOC Nation called WCW Retro, and we talk about old-school matches, dream matches, things like that. He messaged me last week and asked me if Granny Hulkster would like to be on his show as a guest, and he's going to interview me Thursday night. Oh, wow. That sounds cool. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited. 
Yeah, and you see, this guy used to wrestle back in WCW back in the day, Big Swing. He was known oh, yeah, as the uh, Maestro they, when he wrestled how, back in. How and he was also, back? And he was also, and he was also one of like the third Gorgeous George that they used in WCW. Hmm. Back in the nineties, back in the eighties, nineties, something like that, early nineties, I think. Late eighties, early nineties, hmm. I think is when I'd have so, to so go a little, back a little, little bit, a little bit before, a little bit before my day. Oh yeah, uh, oh, in yeah. terms of watching yeah. wrestling, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Hmm. But so that, I mean, that's it, awesome. Pretty, so yeah, big, big news, and and um, at the end of the. At at the end of the day, um, or at the end of the show, uh, we can um, you you can give us if you want uh, the um, the link to that, and uh, we can have a lot of our listeners listen into that show on Thursday as well. I'm sure he would love the um, you know love the attention as well from well, the people what, that we what, get. So. What, what I what I love about it is he brings everybody on that calls in. And we just take turns, you know, some podcasts, you know, you don't always get to talk, you know, you just kind of get to listen, you know, but the way he does his show is you get to call, you know, you call in and, you know, if you've got a favorite old school match or a favorite dream match or, you know, we just, um, but basically um, I talked to him earlier tonight before our show started and basically he's just going to talk Ask me, you know, like what were some of my, you know, share some of my favorite stories, you know, about, you know, being the wrestling fan that I am, you know, because I got some pretty good stories, you know, to that I can share and it's going to be fun. I, I'm excited about it. And of course, my son, he's like, oh, I think I'm going to call in. And he says, don't you think this is a perfect time that Granny Hulkster could turn heel? And I'm like, no, Ooh. I don't think so. And he says, I think yeah, when I call I in, Mom, imagine. he says, when I call in, he says, when I call in, I think I'm going to say, is this Granny Hollywood Hulkster? Oh, man. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. So I'm hoping wow. my son gets, or, you know, I mean, if he does, you know, but I, I'd rather see him picking on me and teasing me with my husband right now. Than being so down and depressed and so full of anxiety that you know he's just beside himself. I would rather, even though I'm outnumbered, you know, when I get picked on all the time by my husband and my son, I would rather see my son laughing and teasing me than being the other way, you know, from being you know cooped mm. up in his apartment for so long. So, well, nice, and, and, and you know, I think it's kind of funny that he keeps kind of ribbing you a little bit and badgering you a little bit about about turning heel. Um, that's that's actually kind of humorous. Um, well, you know, and, he, and, he says you can do like Hogan did back in 1996, Mom. You can turn heel. You know, he says Hogan yeah, but did. Hogan, I, well, that was yeah, Hogan, that was, was, Hogan. Hogan was a total <laughs> jerk. So I, I mean, the at least at least in the in the aspect of the NWO was a total jerk. And, you know, and, he, and then he went back to the yellow and red and it all was forgiven. But I mean, I, I think mm-hmm. that you have a staple niche right now. You have a particular image that people know you as, and for you to just, um, you know, abandon all that right now. He says, well, mom, just think, he said, that would make a great storyline because nobody would expect it. And I'm like, well, yeah, but that's just not me. 
that's just not granny, you know, I can't do that. So we'll see. But it's gonna be exciting. It's it's gonna I think it's gonna be fun. It's it's but I was very humbled and honored when he asked me if I would like to be his guest, his special guest, you know, on his show Thursday and I'm like, Wow, you know, so I was very humbled and very honored, so that kind of that kind of ties into what I was talking to uh, Raven Lake about. You know, when my friend made the post on my my timeline page one day, he said it's funny when you get a better pop, and you're more recognizable than most professional wrestlers, because, I mean, you know, if somebody told me Big Swing that, you know, I'd had this name Granny Hulkster for almost 20 plus years I would have told them that they were crazy I would have and I told them it would have never lasted it would have never stuck but it's like I mean it's like that when when WCWA was running their shows you know they would um they show a WCWA rematch on Saturday mornings and and they always if they always mention me Somewhere throughout the commentating, like, you know, if the heels are talking smack to me or whatever, you know, or mocking me or whatever, you know, they're always mentioning my name. And I'm very humbled by that because, you know, it's just I do what I do. That's what I do best. And so mm. that's what the wrestlers love. They love to have Granny at the shows, you know, just to help get the crowd going or, or whatever, what you know, whatever I can do to, to make it fun for everybody, you know, so... Awesome, and and you know, I, yeah, I definitely think you should stick with the uh, with the granny thing right now, and uh, oh, I do, and, and go with that, yeah, because I, I definitely think, like I said, there's something special going on with that. So, is this you you here? Yes, no, maybe. No, I don't know. That's the thing. I just tried calling him because he hasn't called back in yet. He's probably over there chatting away, you know. Like 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 and not realizing realizing that he got cut off again. Yeah, oh no, here he is. Okay. Icon, you over there having a full blown conversation and you're not even on the airwaves. Well, uh I'm sorry. Uh well I'll tell you what, uh Paul, we'll we'll come back to we'll come back to that. Uh but uh you're you're doing an interesting a cool, interesting project now. I want to talk to you a little bit about that and then uh we'll uh we'll wrap up some more Beekman talk, but uh uh, could you tell us about your current project? And by the way, I saw what you sent me, and I love it. So tell oh, us about it and how, how fans can check you out with what you're doing now. Well, I, um, being stuck at home in this uh, coronavirus thing, I've been planning for a while to make a uh, series called uh, Santa's Off-Season Adventures. And I was going to develop, I was in the course of developing about 20 or 30 scripts. And when this shit hit the fan, I said, oh, okay, I guess I got to start right away because I could be dead tomorrow. So right away we started working on coronavirus subject matter. And there are like three-minute videos. And basically what I do is I collected 200 different vintage Santa figures and elves and reindeer. And I just went crazy on eBay and, and, uh, and Etsy and bought tons and tons of these Santa Clauses. And then we shoot it on a light table. So it's underlit 
and we put uh, fiber fill down. It looks like snow. We have old school, corny, 1950s, made in Japan, little Christmas houses and all this Christmas crap and these goofy elves. And basically, I'm, what I'm doing now is uh, uh, doing just stuff about the coronavirus. Uh, an episode coming up is going to be a Zoom meeting with eggs and an egg carton. And, uh, and um, I'm going to do one about the presidential's uh, the daily briefings and, you know, um, drinking Clorox and Coke and stuff like that. I'm just trying to find goofy comedy ways of exploring this whole nightmare of the coronavirus. And then once that gets played out, then I'm going to start in the um, the regular episodes that don't have anything to do with the virus. And they're all three minutes long. They have somewhat of a political social content. That hopefully they're hilarious. And they're pretty quick cuts. They're like each shot is like a second or two. And it's been uh, interesting, you know, setting up in the garage, getting a bunch of lights. My collaborator, uh, Lynn Jeffries, and I. We get in there, we goof around. You know, it's just been a lot of fun. And uh, you, uh, how many episodes have you released so far, you said? Well, uh, we just dropped the um, uh, episode. Episode zero was the first one, and then zero zero was the second one. And zero zero premiered at a toy theater festival online. That's Great Small Works, uh, a toy theater company. They presented, so this week I'm going to put it up on my uh, YouTube page, which is Fruit of Zaloom. And uh, so that's where that is presenting it uh, in their uh, uh, Dixon Place TV. And we got a grant from the Henson Foundation, from uh, you know Jim Henson's uh, Family Foundation and from Dixon Place. So we got a little bit of dough to pay for some of this crap, and uh, we got a nice camera. Yeah, it's been great. Nice. Uh, we have we have uh, Paul Zoom here as our guest here. We got about three minutes le- uh, left of regular time. Uh, can you hang for another uh, ten minutes uh, with us? You bet, absolutely. Okay. All right. Uh, real quick here uh, before our uh, show cuts off uh, for the regular listeners who have to download the rest. I just want to let everybody know what we got coming on uh, next uh, week. We got uh, we have Julie Winter and we have the Iowa Girls Wrestling Academy. So uh, they're going to all join us. And uh, it's going to be fun. So uh, sticking on to that show, now back to uh, Paul's room. Uh, so being uh, with all the stuff that you've done, and I, uh, we had a fan question come in. Uh, as a matter of fact, it's funny. When the fans' questions come in, that's when we got cut off because they were texting me the questions. So, right. Uh, so I'm going to go ahead and ask these because they texted me the questions. Um, the first question is, uh, you know, you mentioned that you were on Sesame Street. The question is, Paul, can you tell us how to get to Sesame Street? Oh, jeez. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Take a left at Peter Avenue. I don't know. Well, uh, I, 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 I think what he's meaning is like, uh, is it like a big studio somewhere? Sesame Street is a very is, is a very um, uh, sheltered location. I mean, it, not not everybody not everybody gets to go. It's like going to Willy Wonka factory. Not everybody gets to go or gets to know where it's at. Well, we actually shot that thing in a in a park on the Upper East Side, a little tiny park hmm. right on the river. So the whole thing was shot outside, and. Um, you know, I they had said we want you to do some of your found object puppetry and explain puppetry, you know, through found objects. Where, you know, how I got started in the uh, late '70s was 
taking packaging materials and toys and plastic flowers or whatever crap found objects and then animating them as characters and um, and puppets in these little hyperactive um, political satire puppet shows. And so when I was in New York performing, they, they called me and said, will you come in and do a thing about it? And I said, well, I should bring a dent dummy because that's a conventional puppet. And I can say, this is a puppet that you guys know already. It's a ventriloquist dummy. I said, but you can also use any object as a puppet. And the people were like, no, nah, no, nah, forget it. That's a bad idea. So I'm like, okay. So I showed up with the, with the vent puppet, and one of the puppeteers was directing the episode, and I pitched it to him. I said, hey, why don't I do the vent puppet as introducing the puppet, and then I'll segue into the found object so the kids get, okay, so this is a puppet. Now this is an unconventional puppet. And uh, it was fun. It was great. So you, so you never really got to actually get onto Sesame Street then, so you never got to – see Big Bird's plays or anything like that then? Uh, no. I, I did work with Jim on a pilot called, uh, I think it was called Inner Tube with uh, Jim and I don't remember where we shot it. it. I guess it may have been a studio they had like on 69th Street or something in a garage or something. I, I don't remember, but uh, Jim had written a thing uh, or uh, David, David Milch, I don't remember the guy's name, but anyway, uh, they had written this thing, and Jim was a fan of my puppet shows, and he said, I want you to do a found object thing. And so we figured something out, and we did it in the um, in the pilot, and uh, the pilot was sort of so-so. It wasn't that great. Uh, but it was it was fun working with him. He was a really nice cat, very, very sweet guy, and uh, yeah, it was, it was a great experience. So I didn't make it into Sesame Street onto the stage there, but I did, I did get to work with Jim, which was fun. Uh, you, you know, I was going to kind of mention, what, what is it like meeting Jim Henson and uh, just being next to him and talking to him? And did he, uh, did, did he, did you say, hey, can you do Kermit or can you do, did you do any of that stuff or is that not really a good thing to do or allowed? Um, I, I didn't grow up with Sesame Street. I'm too old for that. You know, it was, it came on after I was a kid. So I don't, I don't have that kind of association. I mean, to me, he was always just a colleague and nice cat. He used to come to my shows. He was a fan. I, I saw Julie Payward show him when I went to the Lion King. I went and saw a show and I bumped into him. We went to Joe Allen's restaurant. He invited me out. That was fun. I found his kids and his wife, and I'm just nice folks and his puppeteers. And I, I, I don't think I was particularly starstruck, particularly because he was just a very easygoing guy. He wasn't pompous or anything. He was kind of soft-spoken and fun. And, you know, it was cool. He was a fan of my work. So, yeah, it was great. Uh, and real quick here, one thing that we forgot to do uh, when we uh, when we uh, got on the air with you, uh, we were uh, – I sent you. A, I just texted you that script uh, to do that liner for us. Uh, we're gonna go ahead and do that real quick, then we can uh, wrap this up with you. Oh, okay. Uh, and then, uh, well, 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 we got about uh, eight more minutes, but uh, I want to do that liner so I can uh, use that because I just want to hear uh, you introduce uh, the show as Beekman, uh, so we can use it for our uh, replays. Right on. All right, so I'll give you a countdown, and then we can go ahead and do that. Ready? Here we go. Uh, actually, hang, hang on a sec, because I need to. I, okay. I can't see it on my phone, so I gotta gotta see if I can snag uh, my iPad here and get that thing on there. 
Um, so I guess your listeners are all over the country, all over the world. Is that right? Yep, yep. That's cool. Well, I appreciate it. Um, I appreciate the fact that folks are listening and that they're fans. That's cool. And um, I'm looking here. Give me just a sec. Yeah, so it's it's actually going on. It's actually being broadcast live, which is cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, give me one more here. Um and um yeah, here we go. Alrighty. So um uh you ready to roll? Yeah, I'll give you a countdown and oh, we'll yeah. do it. Uh Big Swing, you ready to record? Uh it's on there, yep. Alright, here we go. Ready? Five, four, three. Yo, this is Beekman, and you're listening to the Attitude Era Live with the hosts, the Icon, the Big Swing, and Granny Hulkster. Oh, yeah. Hey, now, Granny, tell, is, is that not the best you've ever heard your name? That was awesome. That was amazing. <laughs> That's cool. Um, so, uh, well, you know, I'll tell you, Paul. Uh, you know, I, I I know you're you're sick of me uh, saying that you're my hero, and uh, you know, usually when I, I get people that I looked up to as a kid, I mean, I uh, admit I wasn't a kid. I was in it's just high like you in general. High when you're on, but uh, the interesting thing, uh, uh, one quick story I'll tell you is uh, when I started watching your show, uh, I was in '92. Um, I was yeah, I just started sixth grade. For those people who don't know, I had a, a couple extra years in kindergarten because I failed nap time because I didn't know that you weren't supposed to talk during that time. Uh, that I, I also repeated kindergarten, so I don't feel bad. Uh, and uh, what's interesting is when you're when I started watching your show, the one and this is this is all one hundred percent true. My grades in science class proved because I started watching the show because I started getting interested in science. Wow, that's that's pretty amazing. I, you know, I hear from people all the time. I'm a doctor because of you. I'm a scientist. I'm an astrophysicist. Uh, I'm a geologist. I'm a teacher. I'm a professor, and they say all because of you. And I've heard that from many, many, many people, and uh, I never get tired of hearing it. It's it's a great honor. And you know, we had no idea. We're just making a show, and we didn't really think about well, what impact is this going to have? never occurred to us. It was more like, is that going to be funny? Is that going to play? Is that funny? Is that a laugh? But then to find out that you actually have influence on people's lives, that, you know, that's mind blowing. So I'm very, uh, I'm very, I have a lot of gratitude for what I was given and was able to give. Now, uh, do you, uh, do you consider yourself a scientist? Uh, no, I don't. I'm, um, you know, I'm a science fan. I've always been interested in uh, the sciences, particularly the natural sciences. Um, but my my profession, my background has always been in theater and in puppetry, and that's my uh, my emphasis, being a humorist and getting people to laugh. And at the same time, maybe they're learning something, which I think is a really cool combination. You know, we need as much humor on the wall as humanly possible. 
Now, uh, I, uh, you, you probably remember this. I got a couple more questions, then we can uh, wrap this up because uh, I know you you got to go back to your uh, studio and uh, do your show. But uh, now, uh, there you did an article. I believe it was uh, uh, the start of your third season. Uh, you were in the Cable Guide. Do uh, you remember that you were uh, you were wrapped? They wrapped you in cable, and kids were pulling on you, and you were talking about your show. You remember that article? Uh, I don't. <laughs> I don't have any recollection of that. It sounds, it sounds interesting. I kind of want to see it now. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'll, I'll never forget it because it's like uh, my my parents got upset with me because I I I tore the article out of the cable guide and they could not uh, see what was on the rest of the month because I tore the pages out and I kept it. Uh, that's great. Yeah, I was excited. I was on the cover of TV Guide and I thought that was kind of hilarious. Uh, and Steven Spielberg said it was his favorite kid show. It was the best kid show on television. And so the, there was definitely the, the moments there when uh, Beekman was very much in the zeitgeist and uh, people were, were very enthusiastic and excited about it. And, uh, you know, that was great. So when you were on the cover of TV Guide, did you do like I would have done? Did you? Yep. Did he cut him again? I think he did. Yo, he's got to pay his phone bill or something. I mean, luckily we're we're not on the air now, so it really doesn't matter. But uh, yeah, he's got to he's got to pay his phone bill, man. I, I don't know if he's just got bad service or or what it is, but we already are eight minutes over time. Um, so we can uh, we can just cut it from here and and uh, you know thank uh, Mr. Beekman. For being on with us, um, on, this that's is, right. Well, this is why we this is why we have them call into the show and not call into his cell phone because he's out in the boondocks with I think he has like Sprint or one of those terrible carriers. So, you know, this kind of thing happens. So, um, so yeah, we're gonna do that, Granny. Big news on Thursday. Uh, we'll be listening in, and we will. Uh, we encourage everybody else to listen in as well. Uh, big news, so congratulations on that, and uh, we'll see you guys next month. Alright. Dead man walking. You got it now. You got it made up in the And I can't allow you to think you can just walk away. So turn around and face the driver you're gonna Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.